Good morning. Merry Christmas. Uh, it's a wonderful family morning as such. Uh, we're a nice kind of tightly packed family. Some of us still in our PJs, which is awesome. Um, you know, I gotta, I gotta say, our day started, um, well, my family's day started at 5.30 this morning, apparently. Um, my oldest daughter, Mara, said, uh, yeah, I was up at 5.30. Do you know what I did for the next hour? Because the instructions were, nobody gets up parents, nobody goes downstairs until 6.30, right? A reason, reasonable time. So you know what I did for the first hour while I was awake? Like, what? She said, I stared at the clock. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we've uh, already gotten up, had breakfast, had way too much coffee, opened presents, all the mess has been cleaned up. I've already assembled a Hot Wheels car garage. And uh, now we're going to have church. So, uh, yeah, so welcome family. For those of you who, uh, who are here with us this morning or joining us on Facebook at home in your living room with the fire on, right? Um, we're going to do our service a little bit different this morning because eh, it's Christmas morning, we're family, and... Um, so we're going to start off with a scripture reading, sing a Christmas carol, have another scripture reading, sing another Christmas carol, um, do another scripture reading, sing another song. Um, and then I'm going to bring the word today. Um, Pastor Jim uh, did a great job last night for Christmas Eve, uh, made some sort of comment about, you know, the Eagles have a second string QB and that's kind of him stepping in. So what does that make me? I guess even like D-list actors get their shot every once in a while, right? So, yeah, I'm the practice QB. Um, so, uh, so yeah, thanks to uh, Pastor Jim uh, for filling in last night while uh, Pastor Daniel and his family are still recovering from illness. Um, let's go ahead and start with some prayer, and then uh, Elder Dino is going to come up and give our first scripture reading. Lord God, we're so thankful for this morning. We're so thankful for um, the reason that we celebrate today, and that is you sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Messiah, our Savior. We think about today and think about his birth, but also it reminds us of the free gift of salvation that you give. Lord, I ask that um, first and foremost, your name is glorified today, that you are lifted up, that it is you who is the object of our praise, the focus of our eyes, the direction that our hearts are pointed in. So Lord, I ask that you will take the words that are spoken today, that you will take the songs that are sung. Lord, I ask that they will be pleasing to you, glorifying to you, and fulfilling to your people. In your name, amen. Well, boy, today is a day of firsts. I see a lot of plaid. And, um, yeah, I was thinking a little bit, you know, today we're going to be talking about... Um, about the shepherds and thinking, hey, you know, they were the first. 
I mean, aside from Mary and Joseph, to behold the baby Jesus and to see them and, and or see him. And I was thinking, you know, there's a lot of firsts going on today. I think this is the first time I've ever worn PJs to church. This is the first time I've ever given a Christmas morning message. It's the first time I've ever preached in PJs. Can we normalize this? Like, can this be a new tradition? So five or six years from now, like PJ's Christmas morning church service, why not? Um, it was actually kind of funny. Uh, two weeks ago, Pastor Daniel and I, we were talking in his office, and he just said, what do you do on Christmas morning? Because he, pre- you know, he hadn't done a Christmas morning uh, service here either, and I said, well, it's been, gosh, it's been five or six years since we did the last one. I said, I mean, it's usually pretty short, a couple Christmas carols, a couple, you know, short message, and I said, why don't we just, you know, wear PJs? Like, completely low-key, like, come on, it's, you know, normally this is a morning that you spend with family, Christmas morning, let's just, you know, have cookies, donuts, coffee, and wear our PJs. Well, the PJs happened for some of us, and we're, we're working on the cookies and donuts and coffee, maybe next time. We've got five or six years to plan it, so, you know, next time it'll be a little better. Oh, boy. Um, so I'm going to be reading from Luke 2, verses 8 through 20, and we'll be talking about that a little bit. Um, so let's get right into it. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. You know, there are so many things that come to mind when I read this scripture. Um, first off is um, in verse, uh, verse 9, the angel of the Lord appeared to them. Glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. That's kind of a common theme, right, throughout the Bible. Every time an angel appears to somebody, usually they are, they're scared silly. Why? Have you ever read what the Bible says about what the angels look like? They were terrifying. Go to Isaiah 6 or the book of Revelation. But they always say, first thing, what's the first thing that an angel always says to somebody after, do not be afraid, exactly. Don't be afraid by my outward appearance, but be filled by the words that I'm about to speak. 
Another thing that I uh, think about when reading this scripture uh, later on when after the, um, after the shepherds visit Mary and Joseph and the, and the baby Jesus and they are excited. They go and tell everybody about it and Mary, she ponders these things in her heart. And I'm reminded of a couple things. Um, thing number one is the uh, Christmas carol, um, you know, little, little Drummer Boy. Could you imagine mothers who are uh, here with a newborn baby boy, a little drummer boy comes up and says, I have nothing to bring, but I'm going to bang my drum. <laughs> no! The last thing I need is a clanging cymbal and a banging drum right now. This baby needs to sleep. I need to sleep. And then I'm remi- uh, reminded I've seen a cartoon, I don't know if you've seen this one, where uh, one of the shepherds is pointing away from, the, uh, away from the manger and a boy with a banjo is walking away really sad. Yeah. Anyway. All right, so um, Matthew and Luke are the only gospel writers to record the birth of Jesus. So between Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we've got two of them that write about the birth of Christ. They both include different stories because both wanted to tell us something unique about the coming Christ. For example, Luke writes about the shepherds. Matthew does not. Matthew writes about the magi. Luke does not. Why is that? There's a couple of different theories as to why they might have included one portion of the story or another. Um, I think part of it has to do with knowing their audience. Matthew was you know, his uh, gospel was written primarily to the Jews, and, and Luke, his gospel was written to Theophilus and the Gentiles. So maybe one chose to include elements of the story that would resonate most with the audience. As somebody who does presentations and speaking to people for uh, a living, I have to know my audience. I have to pick and choose which details are going to be most relevant to those who I am going to write to. So why did Luke include the shepherds in his story? What did he want to tell his audience, or us in particular, about Jesus? So we're going to walk through this story together a little bit. So starting back at verses 8 and 9 and 10. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. So the first thing that we can learn from this is this is good news of great joy for all the people. All of God's people. This news would expand far beyond the region of Bethlehem and far beyond just this group of shepherds. But what is this news? What is this good news of great joy? Verse 11 says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Yeah, lying in a manger. (laughs) A Savior has been born. This Savior is Christ, the Messiah, the Lord. A most remarkable yet simple statement. 
And clearly the angel indicated that he wanted the shepherds to go and seek out this child for the sign was that they will find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. Lying in a manger. I'd like to thank my three-year-old Logan for being my peanut gallery. Thank you. Uh, now I've lost my train of thought. Thanks, bud. <laughs> oh. For those of you listening at home, yeah, this is fun. So, um, you know, we, we hear a number, you know, I've heard a couple of different theories about the shepherds. Um, well, actually, I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself just yet. Um, but anyway, they're going to go seek out the child. They're going to find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. Going on to verses 13 and 14. Suddenly, not over time, not after a while, not in the course of events, suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel. Could you imagine already being terrified by one angel? and saying, eh, don't be afraid. And then all of a sudden, like a million of them just show up all at once. But suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. But as the glory of God shone around just this one angel, suddenly this angel wasn't alone. A huge host of angels appeared, a great company we're not sure really how big, how many is involved in a great company. Um, does anybody know the definition of great company, a numeric value? Can we quantify what a great company is? Can we put this into a database and say, there were 1,562,384 angels. That is what a great company of angels is. Now, we don't know that, but what we do know is that whenever it's used in Scripture to describe the presence of angels in heaven, it simply means there were a lot of angels. And this huge company of angels appeared and began praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. You know, I think about other places in the Bible, and I'm going off script here, but that's okay. Because this actually became a topic of dinner table conversation this week about angels, what they actually look like. And, you know, they weren't all wearing white robes with halos and, you know, playing harps and whatnot, um, as popular culture likes to portray angels as. We went through Isaiah, we went through Revelation, and we talked about what these angels actually looked like. But I could only imagine, and maybe this is just the musician in me and somebody who, you know, can become very emotional when it comes to music, particularly good music. Um, and we go to some of the accounts of what people saw. Isaiah 6, verses 2 uh, through 4. Above him were seraphs, angels, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. Okay, so there's the terrifying part. 
and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Could you imagine being in the presence of a heavenly host of angels with voices so powerful and so loud and so intense that the doorposts of the temple, remember the temple is no small thing, shook. If we go up to uh, Revelation, another one, you know, good one to read, you know, just casually on a Saturday morning. And we look to chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and 10,000 times 10,000. Who's good at mental math? Somebody do that real quick. They encircled the throne and the living creature and the elders. In a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing. To him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell, fell down and worshiped. Folks, this was a sight to behold. This was a choir unlike any that you have ever heard. And these same angels that we hear about, that we read about in Isaiah and in Revelation, were there amongst shepherds, singing in all of that glory. I get goosebumps just thinking about it. Singing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Their message, first and foremost, glory to God. and then peace. Now, we don't know how many shepherds there were at the first Christmas morning. I would venture to guess it was probably less than the number of angels. But it's remarkable to think that this angelic choir of angels singing praises to God for the birth of Christ was just with shepherds in a field, like I said a minute ago. But again, why shepherds? I think there's a few reasons to this that Luke wanted us to know. Now, before I get too deep into this, who here has heard any kind of theory about the shepherds? Who they were, maybe what their social status was? Anyone? Who were they? Or who have you heard? 
kind of like the lower class. They were poor. I've heard some other theories stating that, you know, maybe these were not just the lowly shepherds, but maybe some sort of like priestly shepherds and things like that. Um, I think we were somewhere in the middle. I think they were regular people. Just like you, just like me. On this first Christmas morning, God chose to reveal the good news of the birth of the Messiah. Not to kings or to rulers in Rome, not to the religious leaders in Jerusalem, but rather to shepherds in the region around Bethlehem. To average, normal people like you and me. Mary did say in Luke 1, verse 52, that God would exalt those of humble estate, but he communicated the good news of the birth of Christ to shepherds. And I think that's probably why Luke chose to include the shepherds in his account of the gospel, because, well, in those times, in those regions, even the Gentiles knew who who the shepherds were. Maybe not so, you know, maybe they didn't know as much about the Magi from the East. It's a cultural thing. This Christmas morning, we can rest in knowing that, like the biblical authors before, this God who became man is indeed king of the universe to all sovereign, the all-sovereign God of all things. As Psalm 44.4 says, you are my king, O God. Psalm 74.12 says, yet God, my king, is from old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. Exodus 15.2 The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. Yeah, your king was born this Christmas morning, and we chose to gather this morning in order that he may have our hearts open again to receive him. We are, however, um, in a greater place than even those shepherds were. We now have the Holy Spirit who is like a continual stream of life-giving water, making available to us God himself at all times. Thanks to Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Secondly, um, there was foreshadowing of the kind of king Jesus would be. He would be revealed as the shepherd king, like David, right? Right? Maybe that's why it was so important that we talk about the shepherds being the first to see Christ, because that was representative of who he is, how he will lead. Centuries before the birth of Jesus, the prophet Micah had this to say about Jesus. This is in Micah 5, verses 2 through 5. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, From you shall come forth to me, one who is to be the ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of his brothers shall turn to the people of Israel, and he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall dwell secure, For now he shall be great 
to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. See, Micah prophesied that a ruler would be born in Bethlehem, but this would not be any ruler. This ruler would be a shepherd ruler. This shepherd king would shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of his name with the result that his people shall dwell secure. Because that's the job description of a shepherd. Not to have authority over, um, well, that's a different story. But that's their job description. Keep the sheep safe. Provide for their every need. Lead them to greener pastures. Have them lie, but, oh wait, I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll get to that. (laughs) From one end of the earth to the other, his reputation will spread and shall be their peace. In Scripture, everyone from Abraham to Joseph to Moses to David were said to be shepherds. It's fascinating to think that some of the most important people came from such humble beginnings. Is that not a message? that comes up over and over and over in God's word. To quote other things, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. (laughs) The idea of shepherding is used not only of God's people, but as a metaphor referring to how God cares for us, like I mentioned before. One time Jacob said, as he was blessing his children, the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day. It's Genesis 48, 15. And of course, we have the same famous Psalm 23 that I started quoting earlier from the shepherd king, David himself. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me uh, beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Yes, even the direction of God is your comfort. His law is your comfort. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow all the days of my life. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Yep, I want to be led by a shepherd. But it's difficult for us as Americans, especially in modern society, to actually know what shepherding is like. Whereas in ancient civilizations, shepherding was a most common vocation. Yet, as we generally know, shepherds care for their sheep. They are led by the, uh, the sheep are led by their shepherds not to pastures that are desolate. Even as they walk through the valley of the shadow of death, no evil can be feared, says David. With that boldness, even, our, even with our enemies present, God prepares hospitality for us. He anoints us. As we drink the cup of his delight and goodness, it overflows with more. All of this mercy we receive from him will follow us all the days of our life. Just like a shepherd leads their sheep throughout their lives, the result is that we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
Luke is trying to point us to seeing this coming Jesus as the coming shepherd king who will provide everything that we need. Indeed, even in the Gospel of John, Jesus says this of himself. This is John 10, 11 through 15. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. As we see these shepherds hurrying to visit the Christ child, this is what we see in verse 16, um, coming back to Luke. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who is lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about them, or about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. As we close our time today, and we return to our homes, stay in our PJs, and cozy up in the warmth, hiding from the freezing cold, that can go away. May we all be amazed at what the shepherds saw that day. May we find comfort in Jesus, who was born to us this morning, that he loves us and is our shepherd. He cares for us and gently leads us this blessed morning. Merry Christmas.